Hello and welcome to The Outer Frame, the show where we talk about movies that don't get talked about enough, although I think Donnie might be debating me on this one today. I'm your host, Jason Sellers, and on today's episode we will be discussing the 2011 fantasy action film Drive Angry. But first, let me introduce the greatest knockoff of my regular co-host while still being the same person, Ronnie Nelson! Hey, you guys. Name's Ronnie. I'm here. Uh, Donnie couldn't be here. So we got Ronnie. We got Ronnie. <laughs> Good old Ronnie. Just, just like how they, uh, they, they couldn't put out another Ghost Rider movie right away, so we got Drive Angry. <laughs> Yeah, this movie's great. <laughs> yes. Everything Donnie hates, I love. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So great to finally have you on the show, Ronnie. <laughs> Absolutely. And for people who are just listening on the podcast, because we haven't made this a video podcast yet... Uh, I just imagine me, Donnie, but with it, both of us are here. No, I'm going to stop this bit. I am. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it anymore. Ronnie is Donnie, but greasier. Uh, greasier and with less hair. Oh, okay. I, and you're going bald. Uh, well, I'm already going bald, Jason. Don't rub it in. Oh. That's why I have long hair because I, I can't let go, Jason. Okay, we need to we need to get get into movies. Donnie, what's the worst thing that you've (laughs) seen this week? Uh, The worst thing that I've seen this week is I didn't want this to be the case, but it is Glass. I finally saw Glass, and uh, I have now listened to uh, you and Philip talking about it on one of the earlier podcasts. Philippe. Philippe. Also, I'd just like to quickly say congratulations to Philippe, who uh, just got married. That's so wonderful. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> Continue. So, I liked it, actually, quite a bit. I, I had heard uh, uh, rumblings for... This came out at the end of January of this year, so it is this year film it it came out in uh in quality like dumping time yep yeah it's the as the red letter media people like call it they always put out a video called fuck you it's january which is a very (laughs) good um but i i liked it uh coming off of i had not watched unbreakable as much as i had seen split which actually now that i think about it, i've seen them about the same amount of times but i don't like i really liked them but i never felt a need to go back and watch them Um, And I didn't Mm -hmm. in preparation for Glass. And the only reason I watched Glass is because I was able to get, uh, like, credit in the services that I was using to watch it. And so I got it for free. I didn't want to pay money for it because I really, yeah, I didn't want to pay money for it. Let's just leave it at that. Um, And honestly, like, it's a good film. Uh, there, There are obvious criticisms with how it ends. And I totally respect that. And... It's it's corny, but everything leading up to it, the fact that it, it mostly takes place in a um, in like the mental in the hospital, the psychiatric ward and stuff like that, with uh, Sarah Paulson's character and the three, James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I I like. I maybe was like bored a little bit, but honestly, I just liked seeing these characters interact with each other. I think it was just interesting in that respect. Um, I don't think it's something that I'd own unless they have like a trilogy for like fifteen bucks or something like that. Um, but I mean, it's it's the worst thing I watched this week, but it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. I I. I have not gone back and rewatched Glass, and I don't know that I ever will because that movie left a very s- sour taste in my mouth. What do you mean? In my eye holes. Was it? Know. Was it? Like it. Where most of the film was was not enjoyable to you, or 
No, I agree. There were parts of it that were done well. I don't think that it deserves all the hate that it's gotten. Um, but I also don't think that by any means it comes close to Split or Unbreakable. Okay. Both of which, both of which I have mad love for. Yeah, Split, Split definitely one of my favorites, and I have to, I really do have to go back and watch Unbreakable. Um, but, I mean, he's pretty much said that he's done. (laughs) They're not making an extended universe, which I, uh, I respect immensely. Considering this glass did make quite a bit of money, um, so <laughs> so I'm just I'm just thankful that he's like no, <laughs> stop <Yeah>. it. <laughs> I do what I want. I do what I want. Jason, <laughs> I am done talking about glass. How about you? All right. Do you want to uh, say what? Worst, yeah, I was about to say. The worst thing that I saw this week is also a movie that starts with the letter G. Well, um. And it is the uh, film that's in theaters right now, Good Boys. Uh, which, I just want to be clear, this is not a movie that I did not like. This is much like yours. This is just a film that didn't rank... I didn't enjoy as much as everything else I watched this week. So it's the worst thing that I saw this week. Um not going to lie, I had some pretty low standards uh, for this movie, just because I thought it would be very one-note. Um, and I feel like a lot of the movies that they've been doing, you know, with Sausage Party and This Is The End and um, a lot, like a lot of those types of flicks have been getting progressively more and more and more one-note. Um and so I I was genuinely surprised at how much I enjoyed uh, hearing this, like the 50 different versions of this joke that are in this movie. <laughs> um, but no, I, I liked it. The kids are the kids are good actors, which is always a nice surprise because a lot of times uh, child actors are terrible. Um, it's very uh, it's got some pacing issues. It feels very cobbled together out of like found footage um like they were just hanging out with these kids and just shooting everything they were doing and then they were like oh hey look we can just paste it all together and we got a movie oh weird um okay but like it's still like if you if you've seen the trailer and the trailer made you laugh then the the rest of the movie will definitely make you laugh um it's pretty funny it's pretty enjoyable um and yeah, I don't know. It's I, I I would say that uh if you have to I don't know why you'd have to choose between the two because Booksmart hasn't been in theaters for quite a while now, but if you have to choose between this and Booksmart, I'd say go see Booksmart. But um Okay. Justin, you know, if if both are accessible to you, then choose yeah. one over the other. Yeah. Book Booksmart is a, is a much better better made and better put together film. Um However, uh, Good Boys is is pretty entertaining, and I was, like I said, I was surprised at how much it made me laugh. So, yep, cool. There's that. That's good to know because that's, that's in my theater, so I might go see that then. Donnie, what's the best thing you've seen this week? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little bit of a detour, <laughs> if you don't mind. Right. Uh, you can time me if you want. You can call it the Matrix Minute if you'd like. But I watched uh, The Matrix Reloaded and uh, by the Wachowski sisters. And it's mm-hmm. honestly, it's probably the Matrix movie I've seen the most because they just, it used to be like a basic cable, like mainstay. It didn't really matter like what channel you went on. You could see the, the burly brawl with a bunch of Agent Smiths like happening like 17 times a day. And I, I definitely saw it that much daily. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and I, I went back and watched it and it's like, obviously watching something so many times, it starts like, there, there's no surprise there. There's no, like, I would, they say that great movies you go back to and you see stuff that like you haven't seen before. I've watched the Matrix Reloaded enough times that I've seen every single thing that that movie probably has to offer. Um, and I still think it's like, it's probably up there with like action classics like the the highway mm-hmm. scene the freeway scene is still really good the choreography oh, yeah. is still pretty great um 
and uh yeah i just can't wait for that reboot right jason um but uh the the next podcast i'll get back to you on whether or not the matrix revolutions is actually as bad as everyone says it is i'm i think a little bit softer on that movie because the matrix reload and matrix revolutions is kind of like part and parcel like they're pretty much hand in hand because they were released like Mm -hmm. six months apart from each other which that teaser at the end is was the weirdest thing we were in a pre-marvel universe um and uh yeah it's fine it's not it's not a masterpiece by any means but um it is definitely one of the better action flicks right up there with bad boys too anyway uh so if you didn't mind me uh, making that excursion, I will actually talk about the best thing that I saw this week. Yes, Jason? Am I allowed? I can't yeah. just talk about Okay. You are allowed to do with your minute as you wish. Oh, yikes. Okay, so... You have 15 seconds ah! left. Uh, so the best thing I actually watched this week, I finally actually got to it before it left theater, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And you're out of time. Ah! <laughs> Just kidding. Racist. No. Um, Continue. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was mm-hmm. very good. Uh, I would mm-hmm. not say that it is his best film because I feel like he was going for a very specific thing for most of that movie. And then at the end, like, <laughs> went... He did. I mean, he did a Inglorious Bastards again, and he and he did like a uh, like alternate history kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know what? Like, it was really nice to see DiCaprio. I think I just like re- really liked DiCaprio um, against my better uh, my better judgment. Um, uh, and I think he really did a lot in that role. I think Quentin gave him a lot to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of wish that there was more Brad Pitt, but the the one major scene with Brad Pitt, uh, him being in uh, at the ranch, was everyone talks it up, and it is actually just as good as everyone says it is. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like a, just a chill movie because for a long time in it, like there was there's not really any plot for a really long time, and one would say that there's not a plot at all in that film. Um, but uh and it's it's like all characters and it's just them going through like their two days in their life and uh or well three characters uh if you're you're talking about Sharon Tate although like a lot of that is uh like like almost anecdotal to these two characters um Mm -hmm. and yeah I liked it it's it's maybe one of my uh favorite movies of the year so far um it was. I think it's definitely uh, up there a little bit higher than his last few films, where he's just kind of gone like all out on like the grind fest, the grindhouse, like just kind of being like uh, shocking for shocking sake, and just being out there. Um, yeah, this one's a little I, bit I more th- calm, like Jackie Brown. I think. I think this is my favorite of his since Inglorious Bastards. Okay. That um. yeah, because Django and Hateful Eight kind of have a similar space of like ultra violence and revenge and stuff like that, and that stuff kind of just gets a little tiring when you're like just expecting Quentin Tarantino to do something interesting every time. Yeah, but I, I mean, <clears throat> I'm I'm hopeful. I know it probably won't happen, but I'm hopeful that we'll get to see his Star Trek movie on screen. <laughs> I hope that would so. Be, that would be wonderful. I I would definitely enjoy that. But if he, what he's saying is true about him doing a horror film as his last movie, I'm okay with that too. As long as he does what he does, and maybe as long as oh. it's like the the culmination of everything he's done. I mean, if if he doesn't direct it, that's not the end of the world. I I I could live with that i just want to see that script get made <laughs> i don't even need um, i don't even need it to, to be made i just want to see it yeah like clerks three i just want to read it mm-hmm. <laughs> jason so <clears throat> what yes. what is the best thing that you watched this week the best thing that i watched this week was a near three hour long 
uh, Akira Kurosawa film from 1985 called Ran. And it is his adaptation of King Lear. And I was pretty excited because King Lear is my favorite Shakespeare play. And and not only that, but I was just excited because it's Kurosawa. And yeah, I, I watched that and I absolutely loved it. Um, I know that a lot of times on this show, one of the things that I talk about is how the sign of a movie that I don't enjoy is when it's 90 minutes and it feels like it's three hours long. And this movie is three hours long and feels like it's about 90 minutes long. (laughs) Um, So I feel like that speaks uh, volumes about what I thought of it. Um, I also really, I thought that uh, Kurosawa did a great job adapting the story into feudal Japan. And this was either the first or like one of the first movies that he ever did in color. And it was really cool because the you know the the clothing there's a lot of vibrant blues and reds and whites um and all sorts of stuff in the background and so it was just really cool because it felt very authentic um and very much like you know you like you'd stepped back in time um and yeah no i i really really enjoyed it and i'm I also enjoyed he there's a little minor tweak that's made um, in terms of how the story wraps up which I mean this movie's a billion years old so I don't care if I spoil it um, but the uh, for anybody who's familiar with King Lear um, one of the so instead of three daughters uh, the king or emperor has three sons and one of the daughters um her entire family was murdered by the king and so basically the movie from her perspective is she's causing all of this ruckus to get back at the king and to destroy his empire and to destroy his family um and there's just this really cool moment at the end where um like they're about to kill her and they're like aren't did you get everything you ever wanted? And she's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I just thought that was a really cool moment. So yeah, no, I, I, I watched all almost three hours of it and it was great and I loved it. It was wonderful. So that is the best thing that I saw this week. Cool. I was not expecting that. What what uh, <laughs> what precipitated you to um, watch it? Was it? Um, I bought it a while, not a while. It's in your backlog. It's in your black couple weeks ago. Blu-rays. Yeah, I've I've got a pretty fat stack of um, Blu-rays that I'm working through right now, and that's uh, that was one of them that I was a little more intimidated by just because it is so long and it's a foreign film, which means, you know, you got to pay attention. Oh, paying attention to a movie. Oh my God, Jason. (laughs) Right? It's the worst. It is kind of the worst. Uh, But yeah, no, I, I I really liked it. I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I, I randomly bought it and, uh, you know, watched it. Yeah. You see Akira uh, Kurosawa and you're just like, Oh yeah, sure. It's fine. Like, it's got to be good to some extent, and I'm yep. glad it turned out to be good. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was great. So, uh, before we get into Drive Angry, I just want... I looked it up because I was curious what the gap was between this and uh, the two Ghost Rider movies Nick Cage is in, mm-hmm. because um, they're kind of similar. They're not nowhere near identical to the point that I would be like, oh, this movie's just a, a blatant ripoff, but... I don't I mean, know, there's some, there's There's some pretty uh, well-seen similarities. So, the first Ghost Rider... And I, I also think it's funny that, like, I don't get why they picked Nick Cage to star in this. <laughs> like, if you're gonna rip off a movie, 
wouldn't you want to pick somebody that wasn't in or wasn't the lead of the other movie? No. I don't know. No. No. <laughs> no? Okay. You, you get I'm, the I'm... actor who played Ghost Rider to be in your movie that's pretty much Ghost Rider. You get the guy who played Ghost Rider. <laughs> so it, it actually just made me think of there's a there's a, a sketch on YouTube of Nick Cage's agent. Have you ever seen this? Uh, maybe, but it's maybe been a while. Okay, there's just there's one basically they just like recycle a bunch of posters and um, change the change the names <laughs> and it just made me laugh because one of the ones that his agent is trying to sell him on is a movie called where where uh, Schindler is a action hero <laughs> and okay. it's called it's called Schindler's Fist. And then, like, a few movies later, his agent is like, No, it's the same movie! They just changed the title to Schindler's Pissed! (laughs) So, it just made me think of this, like... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Ghost Rider. Drive angry! Ghost Rider 2. Well, from what Um, I understand, Nicolas Cage's... Nick Cage's... uh, Main fascination with being in this film is... Was one of two things, from what I understand is that he yes. wanted to get, he wanted to get in on that sweet 3D action movie cuz uh mm-hmm. because he hadn't been in one I guess at that point and he wanted to be a part of the new technology which I wonder <laughs> how long that lasted new and then uh and then the second one was he he wanted to them them good cars he wanted to be around them good cars that were in the movie <laughs> which they're they're nice oh, cars they just don't do any favors to him by shooting him in any proper way no, no, they don't. It's very, it's very um, just driving the cars into things and people leaning out of the cars and. Yeah, that's it's a good, it's good, it's good time. No, all right. So, uh, Ghost Rider One came out in two thousand seven. Yep. Even this, even pre th- Iron Man, just surprising. Yep, this came out in two thousand eleven. And then Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance came out in 2012. Yep. And I just thought that was interesting that the not only was this movie a, a you know a pretty big rip off of Ghost Rider but it came out a year before the sequel. Mhm. And now I got to look because like I don't even remember was Ghost Rider that big of a hit. The second one definitely not. Uh, the first yeah. one, I think. I mean, it made enough money. Made enough money to justify a sequel. The first movie is bad, <laughs> but critically, but like, uh, like, uh, like box office wise, I'm not sure how well it did. Yeah, yeah. So it made uh, it had a budget of 110 million dollars. Gee, the first is... one. Yep. What the? Okay. That's... That's a lot of money. Uh, That's not even adjusted for inflation. Let's let's point out the fact that the person who I don't know if he he wrote it too, but the person who directed the first Ghost Rider is the same person who brought us Daredevil, <laughs> the Ben Affleck Daredevil. <laughs> so I think that and and it made uh, it made two hundred twenty million. So okay, doubled. About do- yeah, but now here's the really crazy thing: uh, Spirit of Vengeance. Budget estimated between fifty-seven and seventy-five million, made a hundred and thirty-two. Okay. Well, I mean, so, that's the good thing about Neville Dean Taylor is that they're pretty cheap. Yeah, they they kind of they kind of get what they need and then get out. They're not. I don't. I'm. I don't know if this is the case, but I feel like those guys come come in under budget on all their movies. That's hard to say though. Bro. All right. Anyway, um, this film, Drive Angry. Do you have any guess what the budget was? I had looked at it on Wikipedia, but I forgot. I'm gonna guess that it was like, it was like sixty mil. Fifty. Oh, close. Indeed. It really does not show in there. I think a lot of that went to no. like 3D conversion or something, <laughs> or Do 3D you... cameras. Do you know how much it made? Like twenty five? Twenty eight. Ah, close. <laughs> I don't know if I was just pulling that from my memory or not, because I wasn't really paying attention too much to that when I was looking at the Wikipedia page. 
Yeah, they are really hyping the 3D. Drive angry, shot in 3D. Mm-hmm. All hell breaks loose in 3D. I had to, because, like, at some point I was just like, these effects, the CG is so bad. Why do they keep on relying on the CG? And then I had to remember that it was a 3D movie. And yep. that that's, like, the... I- I also think it's hilarious that Nicolas Cage is the number one credited person on the poster, and yet Amber Heard takes up way more space on this poster than he does. Well, you have an attractive woman like Amber Heard. You you fill the poster (laughs) with her. All right, so let's get into Drive Angry. And real quick, I would like to say thank you to Baba Griggs, for telling us to watch this movie this is actually one that i had thought about doing on the show um <laughs> so one, because we're, it's, it's, it was just a matter of time yeah i like this movie okay and i, and I refuse to back down on this point okay uh no i i i really enjoy this film um donnie you had not seen this movie before what did you think of drive angry uh the i it's a bad movie. <laughs> in my opinion, it is not like people kind of talked about like, oh, they don't like it cause it's, because it's Grindhouse or the Grindhouse aspects of it that's like kind of choppy and maybe a little bit vulgar and maybe goes to places where it, like people might get shocked or, you know, it might it, like similar to a midnight movie or something like that. But mm-hmm. honestly, the first. Uh, the first half of the movie is just annoying to me. Like, a lot of characters just kind of do really dumb things and then also are not likable, and also there's nothing interesting that happens. Um, I will say that in the second half, it definitely picks up a bunch. I will say most of my enjoyment of this film came from uh, William Fichter's uh, performance <laughs> as as the um, accountant. Um, yeah, he's pretty fun. And... Uh, I, we get, like, I appreciated uh, bits of Nicolas Cage's... Well, I don't know why I keep on calling him Nicolas. I, I like uh, <laughs> parts of Nick Cage's performance, like, dramatically, like, later mm-hmm. in the film. He just kind of seems like a like an asshole earlier. And then Amber Heard is just all over the place. I think she's trying to do what she can, but her role is written so horribly that, like, she's, not, she's just not likable at all. Um... And that's like that's like the cornerstone to like why I didn't like this movie. Uh, also, the fact that the the action is ridiculous, not ridiculously well done, like in like maybe the Fast and Furious movies. Just like it's such bad CGI that I couldn't help mm-hmm. but like laugh and be like, they they like had no budget for CG after they were doing like the 3D stuff. I think the 3D aspect which, of it killed it, which is really frustrating because. Some uh, like you can tell that some of the car explosions and stuff are real. Oh yeah, and then some of them, like some of the stuff, is just in this awful 3D, and it's very clear what is what. <laughs> very um, painfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... uh, special note going out to the the hydrogen fuel uh, tanker that William Fickner's character drives, nope. like. They didn't even try to use a real vehicle, and, and with that first shot that he like jumps over a hill with it, like it's all mm-hmm. CG and it's all very bad CG. I do have one question about William Fickner, and I don't know if maybe I just was missing something obvious. What does his coin do? So, uh, according to Wikipedia, no. His coin does one of two <laughs> things during the entire movie. It does, um, it, it kills a person, kills two people. Yeah. But then, uh, I thought it was going to be like a, like a two-faced thing that he was like, oh, I'm going to let fate decide and then I'll, t- yeah, I'll take you. You that, know what I mean? That's the, that's the way that I always read it. But then like, he, okay, he there flips were times... it up and for, with a nice 3d shot, you know, CG and all, and then it comes <laughs> there back were down times his hand. That he... There were times that he would flip it, and then it would appear as if he wasn't even looking at it. He was just grabbing it out of the air, and then shoving the FBI badge in the person's face that he was talking to. 
Right, because in because the coin in theory turns into the FBI ad, uh, FBI badge, um, and then that he shows it to the cops and be like, "I'm FBI," and they're like, "What? No, what?" Um, <laughs> and that seems to be the only use case for it. Or like he's bonded to the coin, and the coin is the thing that helps him out as as the devil's assistant. Um, I guess I don't know. it's it really I, isn't. I do not want more explanation to the lore of this movie, but also <laughs> like after a certain point, I just kind of stopped caring. I was just like, as long as it's fun, I'll I'll come around and li- ride with you. One of the one of the jokes that uh, made me laugh. Uh, I'm almost embarrassed at how hard it made me laugh is the uh, when William Fickner is like, do you have any idea how many children are sacrificed to Satan and how pissed off it makes him <laughs> or something like that? Like that might be the that, like that the best me... line in the entire movie. It's, it made me laugh really be hard. Like, be like the like he really does not like children being sacrificed in his name. Be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which also that that line, although good, also brings up other questions about uh, Billy Burr's character, Billy Burn. Yeah, what's his name again? Is it Billy Burr? Billy Burke. Oh, Billy Burke. Uh, Billy Burke. As the cult leader, uh, mm-hmm. Jonah King. Ugh, terrible. Yep. Uh, because I was just like, oh wait, so he's like, he's not actually like a follower of Satan. <laughs> Like, Which is kind of weird, considering he and all of his followers have a satanic star mm-hmm. branded on their person. Yeah, and when William Fickner like encounters any of the people of the cult, he's just like, "Who are you? <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> so uh, I appreciate that aspect of it, but it's it's a it's one thing within a, a, a multitude of horrible stuff. At least in the first act, or the first half. Now, of it. it- in terms of people making unwise acting choices, uh, I feel like Billy Burke skyrockets to the top of the list because he is doing a lot of stuff. I mean, he's got the he's got all the all the rings and all the jewelry. So, and I feel like he's got kind of like the southern preacher type thing going on, but then he's also got like Guy Fieri's hairstyle. <laughs> And, uh, I don't know. I just, there's so much that he's doing and I don't feel like any of it is working in any way, shape or form that does anything to help build the character of, was it Jonah King? Jonah King is his name. Jonah King. Yep. Yep. It just felt like, uh, like, like he thought, you know what? I need some stuff to do because there's not enough stuff for Jonah King to do. So I'm going to do this stuff. Yeah, and that's what happened. Which makes me think, like, how much they actually got, like, if he's just a bad actor. Which, uh, from the things I've seen him in, he's uh, he's okay. He's just not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, maybe he just like was getting like mixed signals from the director or something like that. Because mm-hmm. he's getting he's doing one thing in one scene, and then like when they're in the RV during the car chase. He's like, yep. Like, talk about characters like saying, doing really dumb stuff. Like, uh, Amber Heard is like uh, going, like about to like beat the shit out of him, but he he has a gun. He is pointing the gun at her, and and he's just like, I'm gonna kill you. And she's just like, Not before I kick your ass. And he and he just like, he like puts the gun away and then starts fighting <laughs> he's like, her. Okay, <laughs> like. Uh, well, you got a point. Be like, well, I guess we do got to fight. This movie ain't gonna pad itself out. Be like, what? <laughs> uh, he just like, let's just say the villain, his performance is not the strongest point of this film. All right, so I just looked because I was curious. Do you know how long this movie is? It's like a hundred. It's like forty. One hour forty-two. One hour forty-five. Okay, because I need to know how many thirty-minute chunks I could stand of this movie. I had to take like an hour break between thirty-minute chunks. 
And, you know, I, I do just want to say that I feel like this is a great example of grindhouse cinema that we were trying to define when we did Death Proof because this is a movie that when you are done watching it, you should not feel good about yourself. I don't know. I was um, feeling pretty good about that last shot. That last shot is pretty good. <laughs> I One of the things in this movie that I thought was the funniest is when Nick Cage is in the brothel. And he's having sex with a prostitute, and he's sh- like they they engage in a firefight where he's still um, having sex with this girl and or lady. Sorry, I shouldn't say girl because that makes her sound like a youth with a woman, a fully grown adult woman. Yes. And then there's bad guys coming, and he's like, trying well, no, to take no, them you're down. forgetting the line that he says before they come in. Because she's just like, why don't you get naked? And he's like, he's like, I don't get, like, I'm fully, I'm always fully clothed before a firefight or something. I can't remember. Oh, yep. Just That's like, what, what? Something like that. What a bunch of dumb shit. Anyway. And then, like, throughout the sex scene, it appears that she's enjoying it. And then as soon as all the bad guys stop coming in and he's, like, done murdering people... She just like looks up and then just starts screaming and yeah. takes off running, like, which I thought was pretty funny because I was like, "Are you just unaware that this has been going on this whole time?" <laughs> there's there's is, there's firearms and yeah, yeah. Is John Milton that good at sex? Apparently, I would I would like to see uh, this this scene and the 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 one between. Uh, shoot him up because there's a similar yep. scene in that one. Um, it's I don't know if it was just built up too much for me, and it was definitely ridiculous. But mm-hmm. it it was definitely uh, I was just like, oh, it's okay, okay, cool. <laughs> so I there's a lot in this film that I genuinely enjoy. I think that. The non-CGI action is pretty fun to watch. I think that watching um, Nick Cage act like an insane person um, at level 15 out of 10 is pretty fun. And I also think that, you know, the rest of the supporting cast, William Fickner and... Amber Heard are are all doing a lot of things um, that make them fun to watch, even if what they're doing doesn't work all the time. Right. Um, I I honestly think William Fickner is the only person that I enjoy. If William Fickner was not in this movie, I would not have liked this movie at all. <laughs> I would be lamenting this. But since we got like uh, a fairly humorous. William Fickner, like I just the mm-hmm. fact like how he delivers his dialogue and how he can be kind of like just like emotionless but like s- completely sardonic, like because he's just like oh whatever, like if you win cool, if they win that's all right with two. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know. Uh, sorry, you're trying to make a point. Oh, not really. I'm just saying oh, okay. that I like this movie. <laughs> it's it's I uh. Yeah, there. Well, specifically, my my favorite William Fickner moment is uh, when he he is actually when like uh, Nick Cage's character and Amber Heard are stopped at the police blockade, and they're like, what, "Do you hear a truck?" And William Fickner's character uh, drives a fuel truck like the opposite way, and he's going into the barricade, and he. He hits like a few different police vehicles, but then he attaches to another one that's on the driver's side of the fuel truck, and then he turns he turns uh the driver's side towards the back mm-hmm. and he nonchalantly steps out of the fuel truck and onto the hood of the police vehicle, the police car that's like being dragged on the side of the fuel truck and he just like is being completely nonchalant as disco music is pl- is like blaring in the fuel truck yep. which is maybe my favorite I was actually laughing out loud at that scene because I didn't expect <laughs> that to actually be like what was happening like mm-hmm. nothing had quite like made me laugh as much up till that point and that one was just 
it was it was a lot. It was a lot to take in, and I appreciated it. It was solid. It's solid. I I'm kind of bummed that this did so poorly at the box office because I would have loved to see a sequel where uh, Nick Cage and William Fickner have to like team up and hunt down some guy. Some guy. I don't know. Billy Burke. Mm-hmm. Preferably not Billy Burke, but you know somebody who's escaped from hell, and they gotta team up and take him down. I'd be uh, I'd be on board for that. That or William Pickner's character needs to like go to heaven or something. Like we we <laughs> saw a little bit of hell at the end, which is so funny because mm-hmm. he lets him drive the vehicle, like drive the car to hell. <laughs> And he's just like, it's like they're old buddies now. I know, and he's like, if I don't really like it down there, I'm going to leave again. <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm okay with that. He'll be like, I look forward to it. I'm still going to yep. come up here and grab you. And he's like, wait, how did you grab the god killer? The gun that like can kill like uh, a mortal being. And he's just like, I just walked in. You're like, what? <laughs> like, we never actually see the theft because budget, but also, What? <laughs> I know. I think that's one of the funniest moments of the like one of the most blatant examples of we don't have enough money to sh- to shoot this. <laughs> How'd you get that gun? I walked in and took it. All right. You're like, damn. <laughs> never saw anyone do that before. You're like, oh, John Milton. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What does that mean, John Milton? Pretty sure isn't John Milton like a writer? He wrote Paradise Lost. Okay, why? But he, he's not the John Milton, but he's a John Milton, and that's very specifically. Hi, <laughs> that's okay. That's the reboot of this movie that I want to see. Is I I still want it to have the same cast, and I want it to be Nicolas Cage as the Milton that wrote Paradise Lost, um, <laughs> going on this crazy rampage. Mm-hmm. I believe to it. Try to kill. Oh, that would be great. It, I, it would. I would. They, they. Yeah, they would definitely need to like do something a little bit like more lore wise to to reel me back in with a sequel. And you know what? With how bad this movie looks, um, I feel like we could probably do a sequel. It'd probably be fine. We'd probably do pretty well. <laughs> we got the money. <laughs> Not a lot, but it didn't seem like they had it either. Nah. I mean, if you take out the 3D, I mean, I don't know. That, it couldn't have been that much. Yeah, guess we'll never know. Five dollars. Five dollars? Most of that money going Nick Cage's way. <laughs> oh. This was done by the same guy that did um, the My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yeah, so it seemed like he just was kind of on a roll. Yeah. He's just doing those 3D movies. Mm-hmm. That was, I mean, that was like a really big thing at that point, and I don't really understand it. Well, you know, we I'm... don't understand it in hindsight. I I feel like at the time I was just like, when is 3D going to come to my theater? And then there was like maybe like a year or so where I was excited to see the 3D version of movies that were coming out. And then I was just like, oh, this sucks. It's just more money. <laughs> the only... the on... I remember the trailer for My Bloody Valentine 3D coming out because I thought that it was a joke. It was like a parody trailer? <laughs> yeah, I thought... I was like, oh, I don't remember this from Grindhouse. Are they making another... Grindhouse? Like... <laughs> Yeah, are are they doing another Grindhouse movie? What what's going on here? And then, and then it ended, and there was no like, ha ha ha, ha. and I was like, oh my god, this is a real movie. Oh god, somebody, somebody wrote this, made it, thought it was good enough to put out in theaters, and then did, and it made a hundred million dollars off of a fourteen million dollar budget. Well, that was their mistake in the first place with this movie. They they spent way too much. 
Yeah. That's what you do. You make a horror movie that's only like 10 mil or less or around that. And then you're like almost assured with some good marketing, like, like at least double, if not more of your box office back. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. I, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> if you could, I mean, I feel like we already talked about this a little bit, but if you could have a sequel, what would it be about? Well, I almost feel like uh, I want to meet the devil. Like, uh, William Fickner's character yeah. is, like, throughout the film, like, he talks about him, and he's just like, oh, yeah, he's kind of a reasonable guy. He doesn't like people murdering children. I'd be like, wait, is the devil supposed to be like a sympathetic character in this, in this, in this movie? <laughs> like, if I mean, we to... if we see him in a sequel, is he just gonna be like, hey, what's up? You know, you kind of left, and that's not cool. But you know, don't do it. Hey, don't do it again. But I respect you. I I would love it if they if we got to make a sequel and we could have Danny DeVito play the devil. <laughs> That'd be okay. He needs to play a devil at some point. Hasn't he played God at I, one point? I don't know. Probably. I feel like he has. Maybe in my dreams. Not sure. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I would. I would be on board. I'd be on board to. I. I did. I did like there. And you know, just to just to quickly throw out there, one of the things Paradise Lost is famous for is having a more sympathetic, interesting portrayal of the devil. Um, so, you know, it, it would be interesting to see because the, the way that William Fickner describes Satan is that um, what is, he says he's a very fair warden of a very rowdy prison or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, like, um, do you have you uh, seen or heard of a movie that's, like, literally just hell, but it's just a prison movie? Like I feel like that would be that's a I don't I feel like that 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 vine hasn't been tapped. I feel like that sounds that's, familiar, but no. Oh, are we just talking about Oz now? No. <laughs> uh, that pretty much oh, they probably Oz. they were in hell. They were like in a bad limbo because <clears throat> that you watch that show, you're gonna be messed up. Yes. All right. Um. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I I feel like I'm. I talked about everything I wanted to talk about. I liked this movie. Yeah, I recommend people people watch it if you want to feel gross. If you want to feel gross, yeah, I I agree with that. I w- I would not recommend it to people who look at it and go like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy that. But if there's like, if you need to like complete your Nick Cage filmography, your viewing list, it's uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you can do worse. I think he's made worse films than this. Oh, yeah. I can't actually... I don't want to, like, commit to saying... I want to say in the long run, this movie is maybe better than the first Ghost Rider. Because <laughs> the first Ghost Rider is not, like, good. I have never seen any of the Ghost Rider movies. Okay. Well, I've, you should probably watch the first one just you know, for the sake of watching the first one. But also the second one has Idris Elba in it. As like And Neville Dean Taylor. Yep. And Neville Dean Taylor. Because uh Idris Elba in the second Ghost Rider film is just like this monk who like follows this alcoholic monk who follows around uh Ghost Rider and he's just like he's like, What are you gonna do? And he's just like, Come on, you can come back. We can do it. You're like, You wanna ride with me? Like Idris Elba, I know he's good. I saw him in, or I, I saw one part of one of the Ghost Rider movies, and it's when he and is Sam Elliott in these films. Sam Elliott is in the first one. He plays the part of the okay. first, not not the. I think it's technically the first Ghost Rider. He's like he's a cowboy who also made a similar yeah. deal. And they're like riding. He's riding his motorcycle, and the other guy's riding. Uh huh. And I bet. I bet you can't imagine which song is playing at that time. Oh, is it? Um. Oh God, what is it? Is it? Um. It has something to do with a fucking Bon Jovi song. What? No, it's the Doors. 
What? The Doors? No. Riders on the Storm? Oh. Uh, okay. It's okay. That's good. Uh, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I will say that uh, Peter Fonda is the big bad. Well, Wes Bentley and Peter Fonda are the big bads in the first Ghost Rider. They're not as interesting as, uh, like, Syrian Hands and uh, that other dude in the second movie. Like, they're fairly, they're fairly good at what they do. Not to make this... Let's let's rank our Ghost Rider movies, but also you haven't seen it, so we can't do a proper one of that. Yeah. But I, I, do, I do think you should probably watch those movies. Eh, well, at some point. Uh, please get back to your fat stack first and uh, make it not such a fat stack. And then please update us on all the good films that you haven't watched. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you seen Source Code yet? <laughs> no, I have not watched Source Code. I have not watched Alpha. Yep. Okay. All right. Checks out. Uh, I'm going to feel really weird one of these podcasts when uh, I say I haven't watched Source Code and you have watched Alpha. And then I- I'm going to feel really sad. Because this... This bit is this. It's the only thing keeping me going. <laughs> My life depends on me watching Source Code, but it's going to be Source the last code. movie I ever watch. So I gotta like ration it, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't. Alpha probably won't be the last movie you ever watch. I'm just gonna go out no. on him here. If I ever watch it. Alright, uh, yeah. I'd like to thank Bobby for the suggestion. At least I would. Donnie, <laughs> you might not be as in, as inclined to say thank you for this wonderful recommendation that has brought this beautiful film into your life. Uh, <laughs> I'd also like to um, say if, there's any, if, if there are films that you would like to hear us discuss, please, please, please don't hesitate to tell us. Um, we would love to hear what they are. Sorry if you can hear that. My cat is meowing and being a little dick. Uh, I would like to say that it's probably the best thing. The movies that we haven't heard of, like, it's kind of hard for us to watch those movies. We have to have outside sources tell us what we've never heard of so that we can watch movies that you've never heard of. Yes. That's the whole point. Uh, I'd also like to thank Pralex and Dr. Tug Thumper Tug Thumper Tub Thumper uh, A new alias every week Caitlin Industries which is me for all the hoopla they do for our show thank you so much hoopla. for listening tell your friends about the show watch movies goodbye yeah bye